to me. First Peter chapter four. Giving honor to my pastor and his wife and thank God for my wife and my lovely family. Thank God for all of you. But mostly I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to come before the congregation once again and have an opportunity to share the Word of God with God's people. Amen. I believe I'm in the midst of a, a body who loves to hear the Word of God, who loves to hear the truth. Amen. The Bible says that we shall know the truth and the truth will. Please don't say set. It is not God's intent to set us free from him, but to make us free in him. Amen. That's what he intends to do. First Peter chapter four, verses 12 through 14 is what I'm going to be reading. And if you have it, say amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But, everybody say rejoice. And as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Y'all see that, right? If ye be reproached, Seems contradictory. But if you be reproached for the sake of Christ. Happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of. But on your part he is glorified. The Amplified Version says, verse 12, Beloved, do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality as though something strange or unusual, unfamiliar were befalling you. But in as far as you, you are sharing Christ's sufferings, rejoice so that when his glory, full of radiance and splendor, is revealed, you may also rejoice with triumph. I'm just going to share just a simple message here to encourage somebody and let you know that your trial is not your end. Your trial is not your end. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Please orchestrate every word that comes out of my mouth and let it fall in our hearts, O God. Let it be hidden in our hearts, O God, and let it produce fruits that's pleasing to your eyesight. In Jesus' name, amen. A trial is a test. And every trial is temporary and has an expiration. 
Some trials seem more intense than others. However, all trials are designed to prove the value of something. As we read in the scripture already, that trials come to test your quality. Amen. The first thing we have to do is understand that the trials we encounter are designed for us. Did you know that God knows what you can handle? He knows what you are capable of. That's why he allows us to be tested. It is to help us recognize the value of what we know and what he has empowered us to do. It does no good to equip someone with something that they'll never use. So when God gives you something, when God allows tests and trials to come your way, it's designed for you. It's prepared for you because God has already prepared you. Amen. When you're going through something, it's not God leading you or just leaving you to fend for yourself. But he has already equipped you with what you needed to get through the trial that you're going through. Amen. This is necessary because it builds confidence, strength and faith in God. And when we become confident with what he has equipped us with, we will begin to trust him and continue to trust him to continue to supply all of our needs. But unfortunately, some has reached a point where they have lost hope. Some have reached a point where they have lost faith. They've given up, lost the strength to continue on. They've allowed the pressures of the tests and trials that we go through to squeeze the life out of us. We intended the tests that we go through were intended for our development, not for our destruction. Sometimes we spend moments questioning why me. Those famous questions that we ask, why do I have to endure the things that I'm going through? Why am I going through this? Why does it seem like I'm the only one suffering? But understand that the things that we're going through was already prescribed for us. Look at it this way. The things that you're going through, you were designed for your trials. Not just your trials designed for you, but you were designed for your trials. The things that God was going to allow to come your way, he has prepared you for. Amen. So if he's prepared you for it, then that means you can get through it. Amen. Your trial is not your end state. Just like your trials are fitted for you, you're designed for your trials. No matter what you go do, or no matter what you go through, no matter where we go and what we do, God prescribed those trials and still intended for us. You know, sometimes we think that because we go a certain place or we make a certain decision that it's going to alter and change God's plan for our lives. Did you know that God's plan doesn't change for your life? No matter what decision you make, sometimes we can just chalk it up and say, well, if I would have never did this, I'd never be in this situation. But God's plan doesn't change for your life. Some things may have to be altered. Maybe sometimes we take we circumvent and we take a little bypass and we have to get back on track. But God's plan ultimately does not change for your life. Somebody don't believe that. But it's true. God doesn't change. We're the ones that change. This is what we was talking about this morning about changing our perspective. We got to look at we got to figure out how to look at the stuff that we're going through. So that we can see things right. Adjust our focus. So that we can see things the way God sees them. Because when we begin to see things the way God sees them, he's going to bring us to the point where 
he desires us to be. Amen. And we will follow along. It's when we take our eyes off of him that we lose our place. When you're going through your situations and you're going through your trials, please understand, first of all, don't be surprised that you're going through it. Why is it a common belief that just because you get saved and just because you get sanctified and God changes your life that you're never going to encounter any difficult circumstances? Yes, God's favor. Yes, God's blessings. Yes, God's mercy, his grace. But please understand there's some things that you're going to have to go through. In fact, even more so by you making the decision to follow after Christ. The moment you make up in your mind that you're deciding to follow Christ, please understand that things are coming your way. A lot of times when I'm talking to folks and, you know, they're, they're ready to get baptized and they're ready to give their life to God, it's, ex- it's an exciting time for them. But I'm always willing to talk to them and encourage them at that very moment and let them know when you leave from this place, expect that there's going to be some opposition. Expect to walk out of these doors and the enemy is waiting for you right now. You're in this environment and things are going good and you're feeling good about where you are. And that's great. But the moment you get back into that environment that you were used to, the enemy is going to do everything he can to drag you back. He's going to do what he can to try to convince you that what you experienced was really not real. It was just an emotional high. So I like to encourage them and let them know that what you are experiencing right now, you know for yourself that this is real. This is authentic. God's hand is upon your life. Don't forget it. You hold on to what you have. Because you're going to go through. The enemy wants what you have, but he can't get it. So the only thing he can do is try to convince you that you can't get it either. And the way he does that is through your trials and your tribulations. And if you have the wrong focus, you're going to miss out on the blessing that God has for you. See, anybody can rejoice when we're not going through things. Right? It's easy to lift your hands and praise and and, and be consistent in the things of God when you're not going through something. But when those trials come, when those tribulations come your way, when those tests come to test your faith, will you still be willing to lift your hands? Will you still be willing to lift your voice? Will you still be willing to clean the church? Will you still be willing to lend a helping hand? Will you still be willing? Will you still be willing to do the same things that you were doing before you were in that trial? Ultimately, these tests and trials come to test our faith. Because in the end, once you get through that test and that trial, your faith will be developed. Now, everybody can't go through the same trial. Everybody's not designed to go through the same trials. Your trials are different from mine. I may not be able to handle having cancer. That may not be my trial, but that may be yours. 
But God has given it to you. He's allowed it to come your way because he knows you can handle it. Your trial is not your end destination, though. It's just a temporary moment. You know, it's easy sometimes when you're in the middle of it, though, to think this is it. Can't get promoted on my job. It just don't seem to be working. I'm doing everything I can. Just don't seem to be working. It seems like we're having a hard time. We got things going on. I got a windshield on my van that's cracked and I can't figure out, you know, I'm trying to get money to pay for that. We got other stuff that's breaking down. We got issues. We got things that we got to purchase, so on and so forth. Oh my goodness, when is it going to end? This is it. I don't see a change coming. But understand, it's just a trial. It's just a test. God is testing your faith to see if you'll hold on. When you get that diagnosis from the doctor that you didn't really like, didn't make you feel good. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. See, I, 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 I see the enemy trying to convince God's people to give up. You are stagnated in your life right now because you have chosen to stay in your trial rather than believe God to bring you through your trial. You've accepted where you are as your permanent residence. But I'm here to tell you right now, you better get ready for a change of address. Because if you're going through a trial right now, God is trying to move you to a different place. I'm talking to somebody right now today. I don't know where you are and what you're going through. I don't know what your situations are, but I'm here to let you know right now that whatever it is that you're going through, it's not going to last always. I heard the prophet say weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning time. Though you may be going through, though it may seem like a fiery trial, seem like you're walking through fire and nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to turn around. But I'm telling you right now, the word of God tells me that all things work together for the good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose I'm here to let you know right now that your trial is not your end state it's just a passageway we have to change our perspective the greatest thing you can do before you enter your trial is prepare yourself all too often Many people are destroyed because they were not prepared. You know, when you go to combat, they tell you, you better be, you better be alert. Each of us, we go down range. We go overseas. We go over to the desert. We all have different jobs and different functions. But don't think for a second that just because your job may be in the office may, doesn't mean that you won't have to encounter the enemy. So they train you like everybody else. You train on your skill and you also train for combat. You never know if you have to encounter the enemy and do hand-to-hand combat. So they train you on all those things. You an infantryman just like everybody else. They do that to prepare you for any circumstance that you might encounter while you're down there in combat. The same goes for us spiritually. We can't wait until the trial comes and then try to prepare for it. It's too late. 
We've got to prepare ourselves beforehand. How do we do that? We get into the word of God. We've got to start rehearsing the word of God in our minds. You know, some folks just read it just to read it. You got people in the world that read the Bible, but that's not enough. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? Your word is going to do something for me. When I put your word, my God, when I put the word of God in my heart, it begins to transform my life. I find every time I start reading the word of God and things start and I start putting it in my heart, it starts convicting me of certain things, things that I've been doing. It doesn't matter what it is. I start looking at how I treat my wife. I start looking at how I treat my children. I start looking how I behave on my job. When I put the word of God in my life, it starts to transform me. Makes me resilient. It prepares me. I start reading about the word of God. Read 1 Corinthians 13. Talk about love. I'm talking about me. I start thinking, Lord, I want to love more. I want to love better. Anybody married in here? You go through some trials sometimes, right? But it's no exception. I start thinking about all the scriptures that Paul talked about. How do, do benevolence to your wife and, you know, submit yourselves to your wives and wives submit yourselves to your husband. I'm like, Lord, I, I got a lot of work to do. I can't afford to live like this. But even more so, God, I can't connect with you if I can't even connect with the woman that you gave me. What did he say? You got to be reconciled, right? I'm angry at my wife and then trying to pray, God, you don't heal. God ain't listening to that. This is how I think about it, really. I have to evaluate a lot of times and say, okay, Lord, so where am I? I want to be connected with you. What is it that I need to change? What is it that I need to do differently? I need to know now. I don't want to wait till the situations come up. Prepare me now. Fix me now. Make me what you want me to be now. I don't know if I'm going to go to work and somebody going to need prayer. I got one of my supervisors that was telling me, it just caught me by surprise, but he's got a nephew. And he mentioned it to me in the office a couple weeks ago. He says, yeah, we was just in conversation. He says, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking about my nephew that I wanted to bring into the office so you can pray for him because he's got a situation with his neck. But if I'm not in the right position, I'm not ready. I'm not thinking right. I'm filled with anger and bitterness and whatever else. My prayers are not going to be effective. What am I telling you? You got to prepare beforehand. When you get ready to go through something, you got to already be prepared. When we go to take off before deployment, we make sure we have all our gear. We do our PC, uh, PM, uh, PMCS and all the other CS and uh, checks. Your preventive checks, your primary checks, your secondary checks. I forget all the acronyms now. But you got to do all the checks before you leave. I had to do it with my soldiers and make sure it wasn't just mine. I had to make sure all my soldiers had their stuff. Up until the time we about to get on the bus to roll out. Better have your weapon. Better have your protective gear. 
You get over there in the desert, you don't have it. It's too late. Can't use my helmet. I believe in sacrifice, but not. I ain't ignorant. But you got to prepare beforehand. If you want to get through that trial successfully. Your trial is not meant for you to be your stopping point. All too often what's happened is people have unpacked their bags. They got in the middle of the trial and they just sat down. They made a place for themselves. They built a hut. They start decorating and everything else. And they're waiting for God to deliver to them where they're they're established. This is what it's going to be. So, God, you meet me here. God is saying, no, I'm trying to bring you. I've already been here. I'm trying to bring you somewhere else. You got to pack your bags. Be ready to move. God is trying to bring you somewhere. The trial is not meant to be your end state. Preparing before your trial is what's going to help you be successful when you go through your trial. But it doesn't just stop there. I prayed, I fasted. Now I've encountered this situation that I really didn't expect to come my way. But I'm not surprised, I'm not shocked, I'm not really moved. I anticipated that the enemy was going to try to bring something my way. I anticipated that God was going to allow something to come my way. Did you know that the enemy can't do more than what God allows him to do? That's what I love about my God. Think about it. He has, the enemy has to get permission to do anything in your life. It doesn't get better than that. The worst evil force still has to submit and get permission. Now, you know, when you hear about all those myths and all that other stuff, they talk about the gods like they're equal. Evil and good forces, they're all equal. I told you this morning, Satan is not an alternative to God. It's God and that's it. Everything that's against God is a violation. That's called sin. That's not an alternative. That's a punishment. We got to stay focused in the trial. They say that after you've been in combat for so long, you've been down there for months on end, and after a while, you know, you've been going the same routes. Been going through the same procedures. See the same people. You get complacent. You don't really, you're not as vigilant as you were when you first got there. They used to tell us to keep our head on the swivel. That means you keep searching, you, you keep scanning. Don't take anything for granted. It's so bad now, you can't, I mean, it's probably been that way, but you can't even, a piece of paper in the road. You don't know what's under that piece of paper. You can't even run over a teddy bear anymore.
But after a while, doing the same thing over and over again, you just kind of, oh, that piece of paper is no big deal. Well, the more things you pass by, don't you think the enemy recognizes? Now you become vulnerable. How many folks have been in the church for a while? They stop watching like they used to. They stop praying like they used to. I'm okay. I've been doing this for so long. I could tell. Enemy ain't got no new tricks. It's okay. I can recognize when he's coming. I'll be all right. Pastor, don't worry about it. I'm good. I've been doing this for a while. So I think I'm okay. You'd be surprised how many folks have been in church in a while who are leaving truth. I'm not casting no stones. I'm just telling the truth. We can't afford to be complacent while we're in the trial. The same preparation that it took to get up, to get us prepared before we went into the trial is the same effort that we need to put forth while we're going through the trial. Every trial brings what you call pressure. Pressure is meant to squeeze, put some weight on. But what do you do? For those of you that have been to the gym, what do you do when you feel that pressure from them weights? What do you do? You push back. You press. They call it military press, bench press, incline press, right? You press your way through. You don't stop. Y'all all right? I'm almost done. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm almost done. Like I said, I'm just trying to encourage you. When you're going through your trials, it's easy to look at it and, you know, you you're praising God and you're fellowshipping and everything is going great. You know, it's Christmas time and God gifts and, you know, with the family and everything's just going so great. And got your New Year's resolution. New Year's about to come along. And, you know, just things are going great. The weather's fine. It's not too snowy. It's not no ice on the ground. You know, everything just seems to be going great. And bam! It hits you. question is, are you prepared for it? The second question is, are you willing to rely upon God to give you strength to get through it? It seems like all hell is broken loose. seems like any, uh, the marriage is under attack. Children are not getting it. Friends have turned their backs. seems like there's not enough money to pay the bills. Health is decreasing. People on the job are going haywire, feel like you've been betrayed, abandoned, disappointed, abused, misused, misunderstood, neglected, rejected. Through all of that, God wants to see if we will just remain faithful to him 
If we're faithful to him during the test, our faith will increase once the test is over. Here's what's beautiful about it. God gives us an opportunity to prove him. Isn't that something? So he uses us as we submit ourselves to him because he doesn't force us. But as we submit ourselves to him, he grants us an opportunity to prove to the world just how good he is. Well, how are they going to see that? How is any good thing established? You got to first put it to the. Some of the greatest inventions that we use today have been around for years, but they at first had to go through. a. Each of us have been through school. To whatever level that we've made it. But we couldn't get to the next level without first going through. And guess what? You didn't stay in the grade that you were in. Every time you passed the test, they said, come on, we're going to the next point. Now you know a little bit more. Another test come along. Oh, come on. When you get to the next grade, they say, hey, we're going to give you a little quiz just to see what you know. From the stuff you were all, you already learned. You pass that, are we ready to go along? The test is just to assess where you really stand. But once you get through that test, you're going to be able to stand that much more. When we're going through our trials spiritually, don't look at it as the end point. Don't look at it as your destination. Don't accept the lies of the enemy. That that's the way it's always going to be. Every trial has an expiration. Weeping may endure for a night, but I guarantee you there's a time coming. Joy is coming in the morning time. I believe the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there is a time and a season. Uh, there's a time to every season and a pur- uh, uh, purpose. I forget how it's read, but right? Y'all know where I'm go- going. Everything has a season and a time prescribed. So the next trial you go through, don't even worry about it. We talked about anxiety a little bit this morning. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to fret. All you got to do is just continue to trust in God. Jesus tells a story about the uh, talents. And he talks about. One that was given five talents, one that was given two talents, and one that was given one. Matthew chapter 25. There's a man getting ready to go far away. He gives gives the servants, the three servants, the talents. The one that had five, he went, made five more. The one that had two, he went, made two more. The one that had one, he hid it. Bible says the Lord, the master came back and the servants ran up to it, ran up to him and says, hey, glad you're back. Missed you while you was gone. I'm paraphrasing. He says, but remember the five talents you gave me? Hey, I got five additional talents to that. The one that had two, he says, hey, remember the two talents you gave me? I got two more. For each of them, he says, well done. 
thou good and faithful servant. But then the one that had one, Lord, I know you, you're a hard man. You know, you reap where you really don't sow. You kind of get what you don't really work for. So I went and hid your talent. Here it is, though. I buried it. The difference between the two that had the five and the two talents and the one that had one is that those two put their talents to work. They utilized what they had to work with. If we can stop, if we want to get through our trials, another thing we got to do is stop comparing ourselves amongst ourselves. I can imagine the one that had one talent was just looking and saying, man, all I got is one. They got two. Somebody says, sing when you're going through your trials. Well, I can't sing. Rejoice on the instruments. Well, I can't play any instruments. Well, what can you do? The Bible does say make a joyful noise, right? Joyful. Don't have to be on key. I'm, well, <laughs> right? I ain't going to ask y'all to raise your hand, but I'm sure there's people who sing in the shower. Don't act like you don't. And whatever way you feel about it, if you're singing to the glory of God, I guarantee you God is still pleased with it. He's still okay with it. Y'all know how y'all see those drawings? I'm about done. I'm about to wrap it up. Y'all see those drawings from little kids? And it looked like you don't know what it looked like. You try to... (laughs) We try to make it out to be something... (laughs) It'd be a circle with scribble in it. Oh, man, that's a nice giraffe. And you hope they don't come back because, you know, they're getting smarter now. They, that's not a giraffe. <laughs> but you look at it, you oh, man, that is nice. I like to tell my, my younger ones, I look at it and say, oh, wow, that is something, man. That is a good effort. I just want to be honest, you know, without. (laughs) But I do want them to get the principle that trying is okay. If God is trying you, he wants you to try back. Every time your trial comes, God is really looking for you to hold him at his word. Again, it's an opportunity to prove God. That's what it's all about. When we complain or when we compare ourselves, we make it about ourselves. That's a sense of unpacking and saying, you know what, this is just, this is it. Why? Because this is all I see. I see nothing else. Well, if you change your perspective, you start looking at it the way God sees it, you start realizing, oh, wait a minute, no, this is not it. It ain't over till God says it's over. Oh, I know it looks difficult right now. I know it looks hopeless right now, but there's a change coming. 
I believe Brother Job, if he would have been here, he would have told you, yes, I lost my family. Yes, I lost my possessions. Yes, my wife turned her back on me. Yes, my friends, they ridiculed me. Everybody was coming against me. It seemed like there was no way things were going to change. My health decreased, everything else. I lost everything. And I didn't ask for any of it. I don't even know where it came from, why it came, but it hit me, and it hit me all in one day. Oh, but if you look at the end, it gives you one chapter in a few verses how God turned all of that around. When you start thinking to yourself when you're in the midst of your trial, like David said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate, what? Day and night. What's the result? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What else? He's going to bring forth fruit. He's going to produce fruit. His leaf also, and whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. When you start remembering yourself in Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. When you start keeping in your mind, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When you start remembering that it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. When you start remembering that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. When you start remembering that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will lift up a standard against him. When you start remembering that the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? It doesn't matter if a host encamps against me. My heart is not going to fear. The war will rise up against me, and this will I be confident. One thing ever desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. You start declaring the word of God in the midst of your trials. And the last thing I'm going to tell you, don't wait till the battle is over. When the battle is over, we can rejoice. But do you remember what happened with Gideon when they were in the fight? What did they start doing before they even engaged in hand-to-hand combat? What did they do? Can you imagine the sound, the noise that was made? What about when they was marching around Jericho? Before they had engaged in hand-to-hand combat, what did they do? They made a noise. Rejoice, even in the midst of your trials. That's what he said. Rejoice, even in the midst of your trials, because you are partakers of the suffering of Christ. But I've got good news for you. Jesus Christ went through his tests and trials, too. But guess what? He reigns. Oh, he went through it all, but he reigns. He was betrayed, but he reigns. He was ridiculed, but he reigns. His friends turned, his family turned their back on him. The Jews turned their back on him, but you know what? He reigns. He was crucified, but he reigns. He was whipped, but he reigns. He was crowned with thorns, but he reigns. If you us we can stay connected to God we can allow him to bring us through it 
It's going to rain too. Your trials are not meant for your destruction. They're meant for your development. You can get through, but you got to press. Press your way and rejoice in it all. Paul and Silas, when they were imprisoned, what did they do at the midnight hour? <laughs> oh, they were singing. Praising God in prison. I wasn't like these prisons we have today. Nice little cell and bunk and you close off. No, they, they were rugged. Chains and everything. They free to do stuff. They can do push-ups and all. Now they, they got TVs. They got all kinds of commodities there. They didn't have no toilet in the prisons back then. But in that situation, they didn't allow that to get them down. They got put in there because of what they were doing to begin with. Did y'all see that? They were already prepared for whatever was going to happen to them. They were already worshiping God before they got in there. That's why it was so easy for them to worship in it. And as a result, God brought them out. Not only did God bring them out, but he impacted the lives of those that witnessed. God was proven through their, through their test. A soul was one. Actually, a family was one. So again, look at your, your, your tests and trials differently. The next time something comes along, don't look at it the same way and say, well, you know what? Woe is me, man. I just can't believe this happened to me. Okay, God. What you trying to prove now? I'm ready, Lord. Let's do it. No, it don't feel comfortable. Oh, it's challenging. Sometimes I got to reach out and touch somebody and say, can you pray with me, sir? Seem a little heavy. But it's all right. It's going to be all right. All things work together for the good to them that love. Your trials are not meant to be your end it's just a passageway to your destination can you stand with me I told you it was a simple message but sometimes it's so simple messages that we need in the midst of those trying times when we feel like we want to give up, we feel like we want to throw in a towel, we feel like nobody understands what we're going through. The last thing you want to do is play the victim role in your trial. You're not a victim. You are a conqueror. In fact, the scripture tells us that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Peter says, I believe it was Peter says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Peculiar people. Why? Show forth the praises of him that what? Called you out of darkness. Again, you're showing the world. You're proving God to the world through your life. That's why you're here. That's our purpose. That's what worship is all. That's what this relationship is all about. 
proving God in our lives to other lives so that other lives can be one to God. That's how he chose it. God can do anything he wants to, but that's how he chose to do it. So count it all joy, Paul says, when you fall into divers temptation. I'm not telling you it's going to feel good all the time. I've had my own trials. You've had your own trials thus far, and you know they didn't all feel good. But you also know that God brought you through them. So if he brought you through that, why can't he bring you to the next one? I don't know if there's anybody that want to pray, but we, we can pray together. If there's anybody that want to come up for special prayer, you're more than welcome to. But I'm just here to encourage you, whatever it is that you need. If you're going through something right now, if in your mind you're just dealing with it, you're trying to get through it, maybe you don't feel discouraged right now, but you do feel the pressure. Maybe it is squeezing you a bit and you just, you know, you're doing everything you can to get through it. I'm just here to encourage you that it's not your end. I know it seems like there is no end to what you're going through, but it's not your end. God wants you to know. That this is just a trial. This is just a test. But a change is coming. If you hold on, a change is coming. He's going to bring that change about. He's going to allow you to see what he was trying to develop in us. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much, O God, once again for the opportunity to come into your house. And to hear your word, O God, once again. We thank you so much, O oh God, for encouraging our hearts and uh, reminding us, O oh God, that everything that we encounter and everything that we go through has really been prescribed by you. There's nothing strange, O oh God. There's nothing new, O oh God. There's nothing that is a surprise to you, Lord. Everything, O oh God, that comes our way has been preordained, Lord. But you've also equipped us to be able to get through these things, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that you would help us to focus more than ever before. Build us, prepare us, O oh God, for the next thing that we have to encounter, Lord. We pray, O oh God, that you would order our steps in your word, O oh God. Lord, we pray that you would let our hearts be fixed and our minds, O oh God, be stayed on you in the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God, that you would solidify us, O oh God, in every way, Lord. Build a hedge about each and every soul, O oh God, in this place right now. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you would continue to lead, O oh God, and direct our paths, O oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus, we ask that you would move, O oh God, in our midst, in our homes, O oh God, in every situation that we encounter. Let your perfect will be done, O oh God, because at the end, it's all about glorifying you. Help us, O oh God, to be effective in proving you to the world, O oh God. Lord, every test and trial, Lord Jesus, prepare us for them, O oh God, so that we can come out victoriously. We can be tried by the fire. We can come out as pure gold, O oh God. And again, bringing glory and honor to you in every aspect. We pray in the name of Jesus. Let your perfect will be done. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.